We have uh, dived into our Christmas theme, Light of the World, uh, which is an amazing theme. And really this weekend, we're talking about the good news, which is awesome to talk about uh, in light of Christmas, because it's really the whole essence of Christmas was the moment Christ came into the world and began uh, a essentially a, a revolution. And, and at, the, at the birthing point of Christ was an, was an, was an epicenter for revival that, that has lasted literally thousands of years and will not stop until Christ comes again. And uh, isn't it amazing that uh, such an insig- seemingly insignificant moment in time when just a baby in Bethlehem was born in a stable, essentially, and that has sparked well, the reason that we are all here today. And I, I just think about uh, all the insignificant moments in our lives every day and what could come of those moments? What were those moments of obedience that seem so small, so subtle, so so random, yet so revolutionary? And uh, I just I just think that uh, this Christmas and over the summer, maybe there's some some small moments that we we overlook that maybe could be catalyst moments for our lives going into next year. And uh, so I want to. Uh, I'm going to share a few thoughts in a moment, but I actually just really felt, I wanted to, I read this scripture yesterday and I, and I re- just want to uh, read it tonight. The guys, I haven't given it to you, I just sort of chucked it in uh, last minute, but I, I love this scripture uh, in Proverbs 25, 25, as we head into Christmas and, uh, and, and this series, it says this, like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. Isn't that just beautiful on a hot day like today where trees are falling over in Parramatta Park? <laughs> and, uh, and isn't that just, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I know uh, when you have a, a cold drink on, on, on a hot day, that's, that's, what, that's what good news, that's what the gospel is for our soul. It's a cold drink of water. Uh, and and some, I don't know about you, but I know sometimes my wife always tells me to drink water because I never drink enough water. She's like, she drinks like eight liters a day, um, you know, and I, I'm like, but it, you know, goes in one end out the other really quickly. So I'm, I'm like, I don't want any of that. Um, but, but, yeah, but she's incredibly hydrated and I'm apparently incredibly not hydrated. And so I'm always being like kind of pushed to drink more water. And I always get bought new water bottles to try and encourage me, you know, ones with the lemon squeeze thing and like just, every, just different ways to motivate me to drink more water. But uh, where was I even going with that? Uh, you know, when we, uh, sometimes when you drink water, you don't realize how thirsty you are until you drink it. And isn't that so true of, uh, when we come to church and we, and, we, and we hear the gospel and it's like maybe it's, maybe it's been a bit of time before we've been in the presence of God or maybe it's been some time since we were actually listening while we we're in the presence of God. And, and actually when we take a moment and actually just drink of the presence of God and we don't actually realize how thirsty we were until we drink. And so tonight, I just want to encourage you, as I'm sharing, and again, it's not about really my words, it's about what God does through those words. And I know that God is providing a cold drink of water for your soul tonight, and uh, is going to refresh you in ways that maybe you didn't even realize you needed. And, uh, and so, I want, I want to share a story. Uh, anyone been to the snow? Anyway, uh, I, I love going to the snow. And uh, a number of years ago, probably about five or six years ago, 
there are a bunch of all the guys on staff at church uh, about, uh, you know, it was, it was around June, right at the start of the snow season, and after, it was after a Sunday service, and we had all just last minute decided we're going to go to the snow. We're going to drive down that afternoon, take two days, and go to Threadbow, and, uh, and so we did. We last minute made some plans, and there was probably about five or six cars that all drove down to the snow, and uh, I was driving one of the cars, and I would consider myself quite uh, directionally sound. I'm quite, I find I'm, I'm quite good with directions. Uh, I'm quite good with maps. I, I love maps. I love to, every time I travel, I, I study the map. I want to know where I am so that I can just get my way. I, I like to know my bearings. Uh, there are some people like my friend Alex Lee uh, <laughs> who are the opposite. And despite how much they studied um, or, or read, just, just physically phys- just physically find it, it's, it's like there's, a, there's a, some kind of, screw loose <laughs> where it's impossible to just to, to, to navigate correctly. Anyway, is anyone else anyone else slightly directionally challenged? Who who who, who thinks they're good at directions? Yeah, all the all the men just put you put but half of you put need to put your hand back down. But uh, yeah, and so we were on this trip, and Alex was in one car, I'm in the other car, and uh, I'm driving. We're good. Uh, we're sitting pretty. We're on the right track, and uh, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna be a good friend here. I know Alex uh, isn't the best in this area of life. I'm gonna give him a call. So I did. Gave him a call. Dialed the number. Hands free. And. Um, and I said, yeah, and he picked up, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, he's good, you know, we're just passing Goulburn, uh, you know, going well, you know, um, on, on the right track. And I said, oh, where, where are you guys? You're all good, you know where you're going? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're about an hour in, we're just going through Wollongong. I don't know if you've ever been to the snow, but it's not through Wollongong. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, wrong road, you've missed something. You've, you've, you, at the, you know, the airport where you're meant to go on the airport, you've, 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 you know, anyway, you've gone through Botany and down to Wollongong and, and he's like, oh, okay, okay, well, it's all right, we, we can reroute, we can get back on track and just an extra hour of driving and anyway, so I thought, uh, you know, two hours had passed and I'm heading through Canberra, I'm like, okay, I'm, I might just uh, double check, make sure uh, he's, he's good and and so I call again and uh, and, and I said, uh, hey, bro, how you? You're good. You're back on the right road. He's like, yeah, I think so. We're, we're, we're back on track. I'm like, okay, just so you know, just before you get to Lake George, big lake that's not a lake, uh, but just before you get to Lake George, there's a big fork in the road. Uh, one, And if you go right to Yass and left towards Canberra and down to the snow, just make sure you, you veer left. It's a lot quicker, I promise. He's like, he asked the guys in the car, I was like, hey, have we passed a big fork in the road? Yeah, it was about 10 kilometers back. We went right. They were, they, they were in, they were just like a kilometer out of Yass. And then they drove through Yas, ended up sending us a pic of them on a dirt road, and, and they'd missed the turnoff again. The worst part about this whole story is in another car that was way ahead of us was Richard Forsyth, Pastor Richard. God bless him. Never been to the snow. Always dreamed of going to the snow. At long, this was like a dream come true to go to the snow. And he was down there in the Threadbow car park, but the problem was that his skis were in Alex's car, and everyone had gone up onto the onto the ski fields, and he had to wait there for three hours, waiting for Alex to get there with his skis, and he, Alex ruined all of Pastor Richard's hopes and dreams. <laughs> the, the point the point I want to make is is this: so often we can be lost and not even realize it. So often, isn't it true that we can be going through life and um, you know? You know, metaphorically, uh, you know, navigating our way through life, and we think we're on the right track. We can be even so confident 
that we're on the right track. Until someone calls us or until we get a moment of, of revelation, we go, actually, this isn't where I'm meant to be. And isn't it so true that uh, we have those moments in life and we, it's not until we actually realize where we are meant to be that we can realize that where we are isn't right. And uh, we can be lost and, and, and not even realize it. And it's not until we understand our true purpose and identity uh, and, and the design and the plan that God has got for us, it's not until we actually know that that we can figure out when we're in it or not. And, and that's why I think, I think uh, you know, I've spent a lot of years working with young people and, and, and I've realized that there is so much opposition to the idea of God as our creator. And it's not just about evolution. It's, it's, it's so much bigger than that. There's this, there is this assault and this attack against the very idea that you could come from a creator. And the reason is, is because the moment we realize and discover that we had a creator who meticulously and, and with great detail and care and thought and imagination dreamed up every single life and every little detail of your world, until we acknowledge that, we can't acknowledge that there is a specific pathway and design and plan for our lives. And if we don't know that, we will never know when we're not in it. We'll never know when we're lost. And if we don't know the, the correct path, how could we know whether we're on the right one or the wrong one? And that's uh, the, the world that we live in. There's this assault and this blindness towards God as a creator. God is the person who is... Uh, holding everything in the palm of His hands. God created with Christ in the beginning. And Christ is the Word of God, but He's also the light of the world. And in, in John 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You've got to understand that when God creates, He creates with life and light. That's God's default design pattern, life and light. And He speaks it out. So when God speaks, He speaks life and light. When God speaks to us, it's life and light. And so if, we don't ex if we're not experiencing life and light in an area of our world or when we you know, uh, 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 in relationship with God, then we can know that if it's not life and light, if it's not bringing life and bringing lightness and joy and peace and hope, if it's not bringing that, then it's not God. And if there are areas in our life that aren't, uh, don't, don't, aren't life-giving and, and, and bright, then it's not God's design for it. It's not God's purpose for it. And when we acknowledge that this is God's pattern for design, we can then take a stock take of our lives and realize, okay, this needs the life of God in it. This area, and maybe there are some specific areas that we think, you know what, this is too far off, but there is no area in our life, no area, even the areas that we've closed off and shut up into darkness, that God's light can't penetrate and bring revelation and revolution and redemption to. God's light is God's pattern. And seeing His pattern, seeing the, the, the purpose and the plan helps us realize when we're off track so that we can get back on track. We were created, for, uh, we were created to enjoy God and have relationship with Him. Isn't that just awesome to think about? That, that's how we were created. We were created to enjoy the earth and to rule and reign over it. 
And we were created to enjoy relationship with one another and be fruitful and increase. That's the life and the light that God has uh, designed us for. In Romans 5 verse 12 in the, in the Passion Translation, it says this, When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience and death was the result. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all of humanity because of all, all have sinned. And so what happened is when sin came in, that, that beautiful design that was full of life and full of light, sin created a blockage that cast a shadow over our world. Over our, and so there was a, there was a sense of, of being lost, of not knowing, not having the perspective of God, not having the light of God to shine perspective. And so the, for, for literally thousands of years, people have lived in darkness in terms of their soul and understanding where they fit in the world and their definition of life. And I don't know about you, but I know for me and my family, uh, I, I didn't grow up in church. My family aren't in church, still aren't in church. And so for me, uh, I had no, uh, no idea, I had no concept of, of God and, and what God's plan was and God's purpose and all these kind of things. And, and I, I know that uh, there is an inbuilt human desire to find some kind of light to bring definition to our lives. And so when we don't have the true light, the light of the world, when we don't have that, then we look for what, we, what, what are false lights? We look for other things to bring definition and to bring some kind of sense of perspective to our world. The problem is, is these false lights, they flicker and they fade and they eventually die out because there's only one light that's eternal. There's only one source of, of, of perspective, only one source of, of clarity, only one source of warmth, only one source of healing for our world that will ultimately last and it's the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And we, amen, yeah. And so, and, and what we do, and I know this is what I did for year, for most of my teenage years, is I would I would cling on and try to gravitate like a like a moth to a flame to some kind of light to bring some kind of perspective to my world. And isn't that true of all of the world right now? Clinging to different lights, flying to different lights, trying to find a sense of of, of definition a sense of covering, a sense of safety. I found that there are three, uh, there are three main lights, three, the, the, the big, big, kind of the big ticket, the big rock lights that people gravitate towards. One is other people. I found, and this was for me a huge one, is that when we look uh, for definition and clarity and healing and, and protection in another person. And isn't that true that someone else can, can be like a light to us? Where we, but the problem is, is again, that it's, it's not eternal. It won't last. And that light cannot sustain us. And it flickers and it fades and it casts shadows. And it's, it's not consistent enough to satisfy us. And so that is a, a light that we all look to in relationship. Another light that we look to is our possessions. We look for our possessions and the things that we, that we gain and possess. We, we, we look for them to be a light in our world that shines a, a sense of, uh, of covering around us. And another one is even our purpose. Isn't it true that we look uh, for our, to, to our work and the things that we do and the jobs that we have and the careers that we gain and the, all the different things around that? We look to those things to provide that sense of security and safety as well. But again, nothing lasts. I found that people are searching for light. I think if I was to think about the world today, I think about the gospel and the good news, and I think about what is the number one thing people are facing is that people are looking for definition in their lives. 
People are looking to something to cling on to that's consistent and constant in their world. Isn't it amazing? In, in 2 Corinthians 11, it says this, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He knows that people are looking for a source of light. He knows that in the absence of the true light, they will gravitate towards a false light. And so he himself, it's not there, will masquerade as an angel of light. And people get tricked into thinking that he's going to provide them, whether it's through people or possessions or purpose, that they're going to be provided with a sense of clarity and healing. But what ends up happening is the mask comes off and, he, and, and people realize that they're actually further confused, further in darkness, further pushed aside than they were to begin with. God's desire is to find us, to bring us out of darkness and into the true light, to find true perspective and true understanding of who we are in Christ and to restore us to the original plan and purpose. And that's the good news. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's the good news. That's God's, that's God's heart is to, 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 to kind of snuff out the false lights in our world, to say, hey, that's not going to last for you. And he kind of lovingly, but kind of like, I almost, anyone else like ever been to a birthday party and want to blow out the birthday candles? No one else? Okay, I'll, I'll go step back. Anyone been to a restaurant and just like wants to play with the candle on the table? You just blow it out and then the, the waiter has to come back and light it again. And he's <laughs> no one else? Okay, just me. But I feel like it's kind of like God sometimes. Like he's like, he, he sees us looking for these lights, looking for these, these little candles that flicker and fade and eventually going to melt away. And he, and he, he kind of wants to come up to me and go, hey, that's not going to last. And he just blows. I feel like God's wanting to just kind of bit of a reality check and blow out some of these lights that we've looked to. And, and, and not just blow us out and leave us empty-handed, but actually go, you know what? You don't need that. You don't need that. There's a real light. There's a true light that will be sustained and constant and consistent and bring you the clarity, the healing, the safety, the protection that you're looking for. In uh, John 8 verse 12, it says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John 12, he says, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I don't know where you are, uh, where you're at tonight or, or, or what, what some of the things you're facing, whether it's your whole world or just one part of your world, but God wants to bring His light. He wants to bring His love. He wants to bring His grace in to bring it back to His original plan. Because so often I know we, we live so far below God's, God's version of what He wants. We live so far below the, 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 the life that He's got for us and He's planned and He's purposed for us. But we don't realize it because we've never seen what else is on offer. And until we actually get in the light of God and we see, actually, that's it. He wants us fullness of life, abundant, overflowing joy, hope for our future, dreams reignited, peace in our hearts, guilt-free, shame-free, full of vision, great relationships, it's not, a, it's, not an ideal, it's not an idealistic thing. It's a promise. It's a promise. And it's not, and it's not like things will never uh, be imperfect or things won't happen and tough things won't happen. That's not what it is. What it is, is that there's a promise that even through that, you'll be good because you've got the light of God and you understand that it's so much bigger than anything that goes through our lives. Amen. If I can get... Uh, uh, 
maybe an acoustic guitar backup or something that would be awesome. Here's the thing. What happens is the moment we accept Christ, that beautiful light of heaven floods our soul, brings healing, brings release, and it brings forgiveness, and we find clarity in our world. I don't know about you going into 2019 if you're looking for clarity, looking for some perspective, but it's, it's so often in the light of God that we find what truly counts. Here's the thing. This is what I love about it. In the same moment that we experience His light, we also become a light. In the same moment, it's not just about us experiencing light. It's actually about how God ignites the, the flame on the inside of us and we become a light to other people. And the best thing about that is there is no point a light being lit in a place that's already lit. Do you know what I mean by that? What I mean by that is, is if we are all uh, you know, experiencing the light of God and God has set a fire in each of our hearts, then that's awesome that we come together. But actually, that light has no value in a room that's already lit. That light becomes valuable in a place of darkness. And I know for my world and for my family, for my parents, for my brother, my sister-in-law, my wife's family, I know for them that I and, and my wife and, and other people, we are the only source of God's light in their world. And so God's looking to us to once we experience that light, to be that light for people, to be that place of consistency and that place of joy. In Isaiah 60 verse 1, it says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Isn't that amazing? But what I, you know I found, though, is that uh, so often when we uh, uh, you know, experience the light of God and we understand, hey, God wants us to be a light in people's world. But do you know what happens is fear tends to take over. This is not, an, not a new thing. It's not a 21st century thing. This is an old, even from the, like, like from the day dot, from the beginning of creation, people have been afraid of standing out. It's not an Australian culture thing. It's not a tall poppy thing. This is a deep-rooted humanity thing. People don't like to be put on a stand. And, you know, there's this amazing uh, story in the Bible, uh, you know, where they light a, a lamp, and they, but Jesus says, you, you've put your light under a bowl. That's not going to have any effect in people. How, why would you light a lamp and then cover it up? It's not going to affect anyone. But if you light a lamp, you need to put it on a stand so it brings light to the whole house. What happens is when we put light, I don't know if you ever put a candle, maybe in your times of playing with candles, um, you know, and you can put it under a bowl, but eventually the oxygen runs out and it fades and it suffocates and it dies. I found that what fear does is it suffocates us. And when we, when we hide away so much in fear, eventually that light dies. The best thing you can do to keep your light and the light of God in you sustained is by shining brightly and putting it out in a place where it's a little bit scary a little bit unknown, but knowing that that's what's driving and keeping the oxygen going and driving the life of God through your life. Can I tell you next year, as we go in uh, to the beginning of next year, God, I, feel, I really feel like God is calling you to arise. Arise, shine. Your light has come. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. Not Dorian, well, him as well, but you, you. And it says, see, darkness covers the earth. Un 
understand there's a dark world and the moment you shine, it becomes a little less dark. That's God's plan for us. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, I'll finish on this. It says, but you, everyone say me. I know in church we shouldn't be all about me, myself and I, but, but you know, Jesus says it. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Isn't that amazing? That's God's plan for us, is to declare of the light of God and how it's set us free and how it's brought clarity and purpose to our world, that we wouldn't be off track and lost and isolated, but we'd brought, be brought back into the plans and the purpose.